Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's that time of year again, the best time of year. Football is starting. Everyone's eyes are turning to the good old pigskin. Teams are back on the gridiron. Let's start some football. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updates, odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest. The world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now only at Bet Online. So head on over to the website with your mobile device, sign up today, receive your 100% welcome bonus, take advantage of their opening day super promo, make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager gets refunded. Up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Tell me if this isn't you. Growing up, one of your favorite things to eat, cereal. Come on, that's everybody. Everyone loves cereal. It's the best. But most of us, we have to, or at least we try to give it up as we get older because, you know, usually it's not the most healthy thing to put in your body. That's where everyone's savior Magic Spoon comes in, 0 grams of sugar, 13, 14 grams of protein, and only 4 net grams of carbs in each serving, 140 calories in a serving, that's nothing. Plus, it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. You can build your own box right now. Available flavors to build your very own custom bundle are cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon, cookies and cream, and maple waffle. And let me tell you something, and I mean this. Every single flavor is delicious. It's as good, if not better, than your favorite childhood cereal. Go to magicspoon.com slash Mikey, grab a custom bundle of cereal, and try it today. Be sure to use our promo code Mikey at checkout and save $5 off your order. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash Mikey and use the promo code Mikey to save $5 off. Thank you so much, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. With karate, I'll kick your ass. Yeah, it's a ride over there. Oh, yeah, motherfucker. Gonna kick your fucking derriere. Yeah, yeah. You broke the rules, now I'm pulling out your pubic hair, you motherfucker. You stupid puta. Hey, what's up, Lecon? Is Mikey likes you? Pero I'm Rudy Cisneros, um, and most everybody, including um, Mike's wife, that that Heine with the big ass, uh, Bianca, likes me better than him. So um, I thought I'd like uh, start off the the show just me, um, because I have a lot to say about um, mira, pinche fitness and health and shit like that. And um, I'm buffer than Mike is and um, better in every way. Mostly because, like, um, in my chones, there's so much more meat than with Mike. Um, my my pito is big, you know, and his is very 
um, mini school. I learned that word from GED. Um, it means li real little. Um, you know, like, uh, you know, Impossible Burger? The, the burger with no meat? That's, he has Impossible Dick. It has no meat. That's how. So I just wanted to point that out before Lavato gets here. I also wanted to introduce you to my co-host real quick. This is Bongbot. It's my um, robot Bong. And like, you know how Vatos have service doggies and shit that, that, that go with them everywhere. That's my service robot Bong, you know, Bongbot. BBX 420, you know, that's the, that's the, 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 the model number if you want to get one of yours, but mine's custom, you know, it's got spokes and shit. So like, um, I, I want to like talk to you about Mira fitness because, uh, you know, I know that's what this show is kind of about and shit like that. Um, my wife, sad girl, she had a tremendous fupa. It was, it was big, you know, like, um, I remember one time we were at the, the Santa Fe Spring swap meet and this Vato came up and he's like, congratulations. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about, dog? And he, there was a moment like where he paused and turns out he just thought she was pregnant, but she's fat. She had a floppy panza that came over. She had like a dope belt that said SD on it. You know, it was cloth belt. And her, her panza, her football, like, went over in big way. And she was not pregnant, you know. Um, I remember how hurt she was. Like, she was crying and shit like that. And, you know, I tried not to be too uh, reactionary, Bato. You know what I'm saying, dog? But I just, you know, I handled it like a mature man. And uh, me and my, my cousin, ceiling fan, um, we took... We we stabbed him and um, we took his body. We buried it out by Bun Boy, you know, by the state line on your way to Vegas. Probably shouldn't have said that out loud. But either way, I remember how hurt my wife was, you know, because she clearly didn't look the way she wanted to. And she was ashamed and being overweight or not having the Mira physique you like can be hurtful. Um, so what I did was, you know, I watched her cause at first she tried me to pinch weight watchers and La CrossFit and Barry's the boot camp from Barry and none of it was working. She was still quite floppy. Her chichis would touch her belly button somehow. And I don't know how that happened cause she has like eight cups, but somehow they still were down by her belt. So she was floppy and, and not very juicy. Um, and I watched her struggle. So um, I started taking methamphetamine, uh, scante, you know, and I was sprinkling it in her horchata and in her fucking eggs and shit like that, you know, without telling her. And I just want to say it was a miracle. Um, she lost 128 pounds in six weeks. You know, so if you're in the market to lose a lot of weight, this could be uh, your 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 solution. 
a little methamphetamine. Now, I have to give warnings. She did think that there were bugs in her skin and she cut off her leg. Um, so now now they call her scurvy, you know, because she's a pirate puta because she has a wood leg. You know, she walks around the hood with a wooden leg. It's dope. I mean, I put a placaso on it. We graffitied her leg. It looks so dope. Virgin Mary all over it and shit like that. Pero she either way. And um, she choked my aunt, my aunt Lupe. She choked her because she said that she was uh, a, a demon. So there are side effects. Um, she has dentures now, too. But the weight came off, you know. So I just want to be a solution maker, not a solution taker. Right. You know, so you know what they say, women can't live with them. Go Dodgers. All right. I'll go get that. Um, that fucking puto Mike, that bitch ass. And then you can continue your show. Hey, hey, bitch ass. Hey, mas puto. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Reed. Yeah. Or did you say everything you want to say? Okay. All right. Great work. <sighs> Sorry about that, I guess. I mean, maybe you enjoyed that. Um I'll be very honest. Uh, Rudy's he's my cousin and um, I'm scared of him. So I just let him do what he he'd like to do. Welcome to Mikey likes you. I am Mike, the Mikey that likes you are who is liked and uh, big show today. I was going to have Jared from the dirty heads on. He's on tour. So it, needless to say, it was chaotic and uh, things didn't line up. But that's perfectly okay because I actually had a lot of things I wanted to talk about. Things that I've been seeing, trends, problems that people are having, especially with a lot of my top-tier clients on Patreon. Um, the top-tier clients, essentially, I become your personal trainer, be it virtually or in person if you're here in Southern California, and take care of everything, you know, nutrition, training programs, habit-forming, the whole thing. Um, part of that deal is that you get as much access as you'd like to me, as much as you could tolerate, I think. Um, but people, you know, they're, they're constantly uh, emailing me questions, asking me questions, whatever it may be. And there's a couple things that I wanted to really address so that I can clear up what I think to be some serious misunderstandings when it comes to physique transformation. Um, the first one is training. Uh, it has to do with training. And that is, I've had far too many people. I mean, 10%, you know, which may not sound like a lot, but if you're talking about a hundred people, think about it. 10 people are consistently hurting themselves when they're lifting weights. Of course, it's understandable. If you're trying to push yourself and you're trying to achieve excellence and, and really make a change with your body and with your mind and the whole thing, you want to do more. You want to go heavier. You want to push harder, but there's something that you need to understand. And, you know, anyone from Dan John to uh, Mark Ripito, you know, real experts in the field of the iron game will let you know that a lift, regardless if it's a simple one, like a bicep curl, or if it's a, a barbell back squat, a lift done with proper form is utterly injury free. 
Okay. So if you're hurting yourself, especially in the lower back, the lumbar region, um, or in the shoulders, one of two things is at play or both. And that is body dysfunction or, you know, an unalignment or an injury, something that was pre-existing or bad form. And often one leads to the other. And it's kind of a chicken and egg argument. If you have a, a bum, you know, lack of ankle mobility, that's going to lead to you doing other things up by your hip area and in your upper back when it comes to squatting. Or if you have bad thoracic mobility, it's going to lead to you putting your lower back in a bad position when you're deadlifting, things like that. So you, you don't know necessarily what's leading to the bad form. Just know that something is off when it comes to the training itself. Um, squatting is hard. Doing it right is hard. And that is why if people start working with me or if they even ask me advice, you have to kind of earn or at least achieve a certain level of alignment and mobility to start back squatting. Um, and there's no shame in that. That's almost all humans. Um, you can, there are things you can do to work around them. I've been putting up a series of these exercises on my Instagram. Um, you things like the VMO squat where you do it on a slant board, uh, things like the split squat, the knees over toes, split squat, all of these things are going to strengthen up the quad area around the knee, and they're going to loosen up your hip flexors. They're going to loosen up your, your Achilles area in your lower ankle. These are things that are going to make it easier for you to then actually achieve a back squat and do it in a way that's not only not going to hurt yourself, but is going to deliver you the benefits that you're looking for. Deadlifting, on the other hand, is not hard. We make it hard. And mostly when I refer to we, I'm talking about guys because chicks by and large, of course you can't make any generalizations, but by and large, typically women are better at self-control when it comes to choosing their weight and they don't let their ego get in the way. Um, I, I don't, I honestly don't think that that's in any way like a, um, a, a, a chauvinistic statement or a gender specific generalization. I, Guys' ego, especially in the weight room, tends to get in the way a lot more than it does with women. I've been working very closely with my wife now for about eight weeks. She looks amazing. She has been doing nothing but really demanding uh, intricate compound lifts like the barbell back squat and um, the, the deadlift, Romanian deadlift, things like that. Um, and she's very good about understanding her limitations and then staying within them and then executing things with perfect form. I, for many years, you know, I've probably been lifting weights seriously for 20 something years. I spent 15 years lifting like an asshole, allowing my ego to get in the way. Um, the deadlift is not as technically difficult as people make it out to be. And if you're hurting yourself, there's one reason, and that's because you're using too much weight. Um, you are not deadlift by virtue of getting the bar off the ground and to your dick area. You are not deadlifting. Deadlifting means maintaining perfect form and keeping your back at a, a consistent angle. Once you pull it off the ground, um, you pull and your hips and your back should be moving at the same rate. And if you pull and your hips go up and the back stays straight, that means it's too heavy. Um, then you're immediately putting undue stress on your lumbar region. So make sure you keep the bar as close as you can to your shins, sometimes even scraping. And that when you get that angle and you're ready to pull deep breath, hold it in your diaphragm, diaphragm area, keeping your 
torso stable with that breath, pull the bar and your back, if it's at this level, stays that way as you come up. OK, it does. It, it, as soon as you start to flatten out, you know, because you you your hamstrings and your glutes take over for the lift, you have you have failed and you need to tell yourself, I can't lift this and I'm going to hurt myself. You there's no shame in lowering the weight and really getting meticulous. I mean, taking the time to analyze what you're doing and be realistic about what you want to achieve. And if you want to achieve something to impress people on Instagram, you've got it all wrong. That's not what weightlifting is about. Weightlifting is about bettering yourself, making yourself stronger, making yourself feel better, getting that uh, endorphin high of uh, uh, gradually achieving more and more. And that graduated exposure to more and more stress is what we're, what you should be after. And kind of jumping the gun and going too heavy distorts all of that. And it does it gives you immediate feedback. That's one of the great things, though, is that it does give you immediate feedback that you fucked up and you started to let your ego take over because you won't be able to walk for the rest of the day and you won't be able to train for about two weeks. So uh, that's just one of the things that I wanted to go over. Now, again, if you um, don't necessarily have the best understanding of the back squat and you end up hurting yourself there, that is partially on me because I shouldn't be uh, assuming you're working with me. That's on me because I shouldn't have had you back squatting yet until you understand the lift. But if you're hurting yourself in the bench press, the overhead press, uh, the deadlift, things like that, there's, there's one culprit and that is ego. Okay. And ego lifting is not cool. Instagram has made it cool because people like to show off to all their friends and they're searching for likes more than they're searching for muscle, but don't do that. Okay. And, and um, I, I don't say that out of judgment. I say that out of gen, genuine concern. And as someone who has been down that road, I've been that guy. Even before Instagram, I wanted people at the gym to go, whoa, look at that guy. Five fucking plates on the deadlift. And, you know, and next thing you know, I can't train jujitsu. I can't do anything. I can't fucking, I go into love line. I'd be like all sitting all awkwardly. Ego is, um, a, a, a real, real burden on pretty much every aspect of your life, but it, it is, it comes with great clarity in the weight room. All right. Uh, let's move on to something that I found very, very interesting. And, you know, I'm always fishing. It's, it's confirmation bias. Sue me. Um, I'm always fishing for really smart people in the fitness game who will substantiate claims that I've made or ideas that I propose. And one of those people that I always look to is Ben Greenfield. Um, he is uh, a psychopath um, in a good way because he uses himself as a, a lab rat. And he does it, I think, honest, I, I genuinely feel, and I, I've, I've met Ben. He was nice enough to come on my former podcast with Dr. Drew, The Swole Patrol, which was another fitness um, podcast. He's, he's, a, he's a really intellectually curious guy who's, fucking shredded and he's done all the blood work he's natural he's a guy he's you know 40 years old and he looks amazing head to toe it's not just a matter it's not just muscles which plenty of you have seen these people men and women who their body may be shredded but their fucking face is all distorted and their skin is hanging off them like a like a leather satchel uh like a like an old uh, native american purse um but no ben ben genuinely looks 10 years younger than he is and he's in great shape he's in great physical condition on top of being 
um, in, in, in Supreme Health. He put up a post and I, I encourage you guys all to check out his Instagram um, at Ben Greenfield or Ben Greenfield Fitness, I believe it is. Um, he put up the 12 steps to peak health. And I just wanted to point out something. The 12 perfect health fundamentals, my primary principles for optimizing your lifespan and health span. Okay. So when you look at that picture of Ben, as we put up here, the guy, the guy is just shredded to the bone. He looks amazing. And you're, you're thinking of his 12 fundamental health uh, principles. And certainly my mind would go to, uh, you know, heavy weight training and eating, eating nothing but kelp and all his books. Number one, number one. And this is from a man who was a competitive bodybuilder and competitive uh, endurance athlete. Number one is walking. I put up a post on my Instagram at Mike Catherwood and also at Mikey likes you one, the number one just last night of my iPhone readout of my steps. And, uh, you know, it's 12,000 averaging, you know, every week and every, every month. And my main point with really hammering home to you guys and gals that walking is that important and that, um, advantageous to you, regardless of what your goal is. If you're a skinny dude who wants to bulk up, if you're a, a person who just has that extra 10, 20 pounds that you want to lose, there's this immediate assumption that you have to just kill yourself. And that a lot of people most everyone, actually, in that initial stage, you're like, I just got to run miles. I got to do uh, high intensity intervals all the time because I just need to change this. I need I, I'm so desperate to make it happen. Understand that the homo sapien, what we all are, is is an endurance machine. We are not strong. In comparison to other primates, other mammals, and just in the animal kingdom in general, we are not a strong animal. Sure, Martin Lysis and, and, and Half Thor and all these people can achieve something that is exceptional in the world of, of, of strength. But take, you know, Half Thor, Martin Lysis or these people, you know, Mark Bell, these people who are just massively strong. Compare them to a 180 pound chimp and we are pussies. A chimpanzee will rip your fucking arms off without breaking a sweat. I saw an old film. I wish I could find this. I can't find it anymore. But uh, someone sent me probably in like 2010, a video from like the early 20th century, all black and white and stuff. A bunch of guys in the back smoking pipes in full suits. You know, it was it was old uh, of a chimpanzee just like casually pulling a train with a rope sitting down with one arm. It's just like this is pulling the fucking train. Um, we are not fast in comparison to other animals. Um, you know, if you re were to really rank us in the animal kingdom, but what we can do and what has been one of our biggest saving graces and what makes us really the king of all animals, it, it, it's two things, our brain and our insane ability, even you who's out of shape, if you, th you consider yourself someone who's not fit, our ability to go all day at a low rate is quite extraordinary. Um, and that's, that's, that's our DNA. That's what the type of animal we are. And 
if you analyze the progression of human beings in the modern era, I'm not talking, don't, don't go back thousands of years. I'm talking about like your grandparents and your great grandparents in comparison to today. There's never been stronger, faster, uh, more powerful people than there are today. LeBron James, there's never been LeBron James in any era. There's never been the NFL wide receivers and, and fucking linebacker guys, 260 pounds that run four, six forties. There's ne- when you look at the elite of the elite, what happens in the Olympics every four years, there's never been anything like the human performance that we're seeing today. But if you analyze the average run of the mill man or woman, we've never been more out of shape ever. You look at the presidential fitness test, from the 1970s, 60s, 50s, 40s, 30s, whatever. Kids, by and large, naturally could do tons of pull-ups and run six, seven-minute miles. It was not uncommon. Um, the average 35-year-old male today is, is a giant sack of shit compared to the average 35-year-old male in 1968. Why is that? Technology and lifestyle have changed it so that we move far less. It was very, very uncommon for there to for someone to hold a white collar job in 1940. Most every dude out there went out and swung a hammer and and and, and you know drove heavy machinery and did it. And then the, there was the rare exceptions of the man who was a, an attorney or a, or a, or a banker. Um, you know, and I I'd hate to be so. Um, gender slanted but let you know we're talking about the old days most women didn't work and the ones that did they were still moving around even the average um domestic housewife in you know if you go watch uh, i love lucy there's a big difference between washing the dishes and 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 and, and um vacuuming and, and doing those things in 1955 than there is today because technology has advanced so greatly people move less you cannot forego that natural, instinctive, and, and very chemically appropriate idea of constantly moving with intense bouts of focused exercise by going to the gym lots and then doing more and then sitting at a table for 18 hours and then your, your, your um kind of recreation time for most of us, myself included, I'm not talking shit. This is reality. Our recreation is what? Netflix, <laughs> uh, the internet, these things, you know, the idea of just going for a stroll for recreation is a, is a thing of the past. So I wanted to really hammer home this idea that Ben Greenfield points out and that I've always been saying that, Exercise, excuse me, exercise is just sweating. I want people to avoid that. There should be two forms of concerted efforts when it comes to training physically. There's training, which is calculated, scalable, and focused. And then there's recreation. That's getting around with the buddies on the weekend and playing pickup basketball. Um, you join a adult soccer league, a kickball league, whatever it is. I think all adults should aim to do that more, have fun physically. 
I love Netflix. I love cinema. I love ever. I love all that stuff. I'm not saying avoid it. It's amazing. What I'm saying is, is that try to carve play into your life. That is recreation. Training happens in a gym or if you have, you know, you, you train outdoors, whatever it may be. And that is I'm taking this 30 to 45 minutes and I'm going to do these exercises. I'm going to do them with this weight and this rep and I'm going to scale it and I'm going to be able to improve over time. It is focus. It is it is it is highly considered. It is not just showing up and sweating. That will lead to the snake eating its own tail and that endless cycle of frustration. Three times a week for 20 to 45 minutes has been proven to not only be okay, it's pretty optimal. So three times a week, I don't think it's too crazy for me to, to prescribe that to people. Take that half hour, three times a week, lift weights, do it with purpose, do it to create something better. That's an hour and a half of your life every week and really focus, write down your weights, do what you need to do. The rest of your life, when you're not sleeping, just try. <laughs> Pardon me. And I understand. Look, I, I am not someone who's who's tone deaf and my eyes are not closed to the fact that many of you, not some of you, many of you have sedentary jobs. I can't sit here and expect to uh, prescribe or, or or even be judgmental of people who don't have the ability that I have or friends of mine have who live kind of casual lives in the sense that I don't have a rigid schedule. I'm, I'm a busy guy, but I don't have a rigid schedule. It's pretty easy for me to say, okay, I'm going to wake up at this time and get a walk in before I go to the gym. And then I'll have a cup of coffee and I'll do my thing because I schedule myself. I understand if you're working in a cubicle, if you're driving a truck, if you're doing things that where you have to sit down or be stationary for long periods of time to pay the bills. That's fucking life. And I get it. And I'm absolutely aware and sympathetic to that. What I am saying is that in that, within that, because we all have to pay the bills, we all have to make a living, try your best. It's not as demanding as you may think. Let's talk about something a little bit uncomfortable, but it's something that needs to be dealt with. And that is you guys out there, having trouble performing in the bedroom. It happens, man. It happens. It's unfortunate, and we don't like to deal with it, but it has to be dealt with. The last thing you want to do when you're already dealing with an uncomfortable, awkward situation is then have to go deal with a doctor, get a prescription, go in person and deal with someone at the pharmacy. You don't want to have to deal with all that. That's why Blue Chew is here to save you. Blue Chew, a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but a chewable tablet at a fraction of the cost. Best part, it comes right to your door and you don't have to deal with anyone. No awkward situations. Okay, so let me recap just a little bit. You're getting the same active ingredients of Viagra and Cialis. You're saving money because it comes at a fraction of the price and you get to avoid all the awkward situations at the doctor's office and the pharmacy. Sounds great to me. So if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it comes time to perform, Blue Chew can definitely help. And we've got a special deal for listeners of Mikey Likes You. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code Mikey at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping 
That's BlueChew.com, promo code Mikey, to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank you so much, BlueChew, for sponsoring this podcast. Every hour that you're at the office, take another five minutes to ten minutes. Walk around the office. Dance a little bit. You know, just move your arms. Shake them. Do you see the Conor McGregor walk? You know, it's not just uh, brash arrogance. There's There's some real method to that mayhem. What he's doing, he's loosening up his uh, his thoracic area, the part, upper back, and dis, kind of dislocating his shoulders from that, so that when you throw a punch, you're not you're not tight. He he he's loosening that up. Hicks and Gracie's been doing it for thirty years, um, and it's just movement. It's keeping your body moving all the time. I, I love to jump on the trampoline with my daughter. I love to pretend to be octopus man when I go to the park with her and her friends and, and they, ch- I chase them around and it's just, there's a constant idea of staying moving. Every time I, I do a uh, long-term podcasting or if I'm working on the computer, trying to write to clients, I, I just look at my clock and every 20 or 30 minutes I do 10 body weight squats. Uh, I sometimes, yeah, I walk, I have three dogs. So I try to walk them a lot. If I'm within a mile of somewhere, I won't drive. I'll walk. I'll park farther away from places. Um, when I, and, and you start to just find different ways. Everyone's smartphone, everyone. Okay. So you may be saying, well, I don't have a fucking pedometer asshole. I don't want you to. Everyone's smartphone has a pedometer on it. It's in your health section uh, for Apple. And I, I don't know much about, I just know that Android's have it. Okay. I don't know where you find, it. but everyone's smartphone has a pedometer. And I just, just stay moving. Um, I often fail, but I always try to do different carpentry and, and kind of manual labor around my house uh, just to get that movement in, to keep myself going. Uh, like I said, I will fuck it up usually and then have to call a professional, but I give it a shot. Um, these are things, and this this type of movement, which is called NEAT, non-exercise uh, activity thermogenesis non-exercise activity thermogenesis is actually more important and more appropriate to human movement than your boot camp or your circuits or whatever it is you're doing. Um, this is how you find long-term sustainable health. It also has a remarkable medical metabolic benefit that most people overlook. If you, if you make a commitment to 10,000 steps a day, Okay, which is kind of a very common number that's thrown around. In a year, that's an exorbitant amount of calories that you've burned that you wouldn't have if you just lived a normal, sedentary, classic, traditional modern American life. And you did it without really putting any taxation or compromise to your training recovery, your actual training, and you did it in a way that has been shown time and time again with ample and conclusive scientific proof to also increase your mental and spiritual health. Regardless of what school of mental health you you study, whether it be some guru who talks about Eastern philosophies or if it's your psychiatrist in in uptown Manhattan, 
everyone conclusively agrees that exposure to the outdoors and movement is the, one of the most important parts of mental health. So it's a beautiful, amazing, comprehensive benefit that comes in this nice little package that is low level, low intensity, constant movement. Okay. That's all I wanted to, uh, to kind of get forward with that as far as that idea goes. Now, another thing that I'm aware of and my eyes are open to, I live in Venice beach, California, 10 months out of the year, every day of those 10 months, I can go out and play in the sun and do my thing. Some people live in Milwaukee, totally get it. Um, but what's number two on Ben Greenfield's uh, 12 kind of steps to long-term health? Cold. Exposing the body to extreme cold and exposing the body to extreme heat have been shown to be incredibly beneficial to all the chemicals internally and to uh, long-term health, telomere length, all that stuff, that, that geeky kind of health longevity stuff. Uh, I live on the Northeast and I live for about a half a year in Minnesota. So I understand it's also <laughs> winter in, in Minnesota, winter in Jersey. It's not like going into a cold plunge. It's fucking debilitating. The streets are all slushy and shit. I get that. It's, it's not pretty. I get it. <laughs> um, but if you can kind of, I don't want to say force yourself because then we put ourselves in this kind of negative mind frame. But if you can change your perspective on what you're doing when you go out in that cold, when you walk in the snow, you put on your snow boots and you go for a 10 minute, 15 minute walk. It's not something that you are like, oh, fuck, I have to do this. You should be happy that you get to do that. Because exposure to these extreme elements is very, very, very healthy for you. You have to be able to understand and separate different types of stress. Stress because you're worried that you might get fired. Stress because you're going through a divorce. Stress because, you know, a loved one is, is, is ill is, is damaging and oftentimes unavoidable. But it, it, that's not something you want to engage in. Stress Purposeful stress and graduated exposure to different types of stress is actually vital for being a healthy and happy person. Um, things like sauna when it comes to extreme heat or working out in the outdoors with your shirt off, exposing yourself to, to sun, um, cold plunges or going out in the cold. These things are, are incredibly healthy and vital for long-term health. Avoiding stress at all costs when it comes to these types of physical stresses is a great way to be very unhealthy. And again, I, I want to point back to kind of generations before us, not, not, you don't have to go that far back generations before us. They were forced to do this. They didn't have a choice. You didn't because there was an Uber and cabs oftentimes weren't the easiest things to get. And you had, you worked most likely in a, in a kind of manual labor situation. Gyms weren't prevalent. You know what I'm saying? So there was just a, a, a more of a need and, you know, you started to see it really with my generation because I was born in 79. So in 1984, I got a Nintendo and 
if you analyze my cousin, my cousin, Chris, who was like, you know, a God to me because he was like six, seven years older than me. So he was like perfect age. He was like a big boy to me when I was six or seven, he was 14. His generation, you know, who was my age at in 1973, they didn't have that shit. They had one, you know, those handheld football games or something. That shit sucks. And you can only play that for so long before they're like, let's go out and let's go play over the line. Let's go play tag. Let's go. And kids, you know, would certainly like think about like the 1920s and 1930s. There you had. There was the fat kid in your class. And other kids, I'm so not trying to be denigrating here. I'm just pointing out reality. You know, even in in 1988, you know, with my when we were we already had the exposure to Nintendo and and, and Atari and and computers and things like that. You could only play fucking Zelda for so long. Okay, like I did. But after an hour or two, you're like, fuck this. I got to go move. And my Little League teams had a fat kid. I'll say an overweight kid. The rest of the kids were normal and just had no visible, you know, we weren't jacked or anything, but we were just kids. And there was always that one kid who was overweight. Now, I hate to be so direct with that, but analyze, go now to any youth sport or any youth school and really analyze. It's kind of like there's the one in shape kid or the couple kids who aren't struggling with childhood obesity. Certainly nutrition is a component, but realistically also um, movement and consistent movement is, is a bigger deal because um, I don't know about you guys. My grandparents ate like shit, ate like shit and drank like fishes and smoked cigarettes all the goddamn time. So nutrition is a component because they didn't have Nabisco and hot pockets and things, but they also, they were eating nothing but fucking mashed potatoes and, (laughs) and, and and tamales, you know, my, my grandfather on my mom's side, my Mexican side did nothing but smoke hand rolled cigarettes and tortillas and fucking chorizo his whole life. He was thin and lived to be 96 and had a full fucking head of hair. He also was uh, worked manual labor his whole life, you know, so long winded, but there you go. And I just wanted to point out because I think when people say I want to change my life for the better, and I want to start with how I feel and how I look. There's this immediate idea that you got to go balls to the wall. And it's probably not something that me who works 60 hours a week and has three kids. I can't do that. Yes, you can. It doesn't take this extreme commitment to movement. It just takes a commitment to movement at a lower level. Okay. Um, Next thing I want to talk about is something that's been really eating me up inside. I don't, I'm not one of these guys and I don't want to get into the world. And frankly, it actually disgusts me a little bit. This world of online fitness people who then, become ideologues and fight with each other. This guy's whole take is bullshit. My way is the right way. This I'm, I'm vegan and look at me and the people who are doing carnivore, they're fucking assholes. And 
And then there's these big arguments and all that. If you want to do that and you enjoy it and you're making a great living, good. You guys go. Go fight each other. I don't want to be a part of it. It's not, it's not who I am. It's not the type of shit I like. But what I want to do is let people understand that the internet has created this world that I think instinctively wants us to pull towards teams. We see it very clearly in the political landscape where it's not just a matter of I have conservative ideas, you have liberal ideas or vice versa. Now it's if you are a MAGA person, fucking I, I'm you're not me and we're not on the same team. If you are a snowflake, fuck you. I'm going to go back and I'm going to hoard my guns and I'm going to buy more guns just to piss you off. And it's like, ooh, OK, uh, you're kind of missing the point, people. And, and it's it's been disturbing for me because I don't think people naturally feel that way. And if we just had a conversation face to face, which is far too infrequent nowadays, you would see that actually we're all pretty similar, pretty goddamn similar. And we have the, we have the same concerns and ideals. It's just, we have these little tributary ideas that go off in different directions. And that's awesome. And that should be embraced. And then we can learn from each other and be instead of this idea now where I'm starting to see people with soybeans in their Twitter avatar or a a ribeye. And it's like, if you eat plants, you're a fucking moron. Don't listen to this guy. Everyone you cancel him or vice versa. If you know, if you eat animals, you're not healthy and you're a dumb shit. And uh, everyone look at this animal who eats animals and keto, the keto people say like carbs are the enemy. And if you have an apple, you're fucking your whole health up and insulin is destroying you. And the high carb, low fat people are like the keto people are fucking idiots because uh, this amount of saturated fat is destroying. Food is nourishment. We all need it. There are really, really small amounts of necessary kind of obligatory ideas that you should adhere to. And outside of that, it's really about what do you like to eat that makes you feel good and makes you look better in your eyes that falls within this very limited, small, narrow margin of things that are unavoidable. That narrow margin is calories and protein intake. If you want to lose weight, you have to be in a caloric deficit. That's not open for debate. And if someone tries to debate you with that, don't listen to that person. Having a higher level of protein intake is necessary to be lean and muscular and lose body fat and to maintain it for myriad reasons that we've talked about before. Higher thermic rate of food, meaning that it actually takes more energy to digest 
protein than other macronutrients, the other two macronutrients. Also protein synthesis. If you're trying to lose weight and maintain muscle mass or even gain a little bit, you need higher protein to, to initiate protein synthesis. So there's these major reasons that protein needs to be higher and calories need to be lower if you want to lose weight and calories need to be higher if you want to gain weight. Outside of that, do get to that, get to those two little fucking criteria, however you want. And don't be judgmental or shit on the people who want to do it a different way. Look at it and translate it to something like social issues or politics. Be good people. Be concerned about the general well-being of mankind take care of your family and uh don't rape and murder to me that's pretty much like right that's about it that's all you gotta do don't break the law try your best to make uh the next generation be happy and healthy um outside of that what do you care if you if you grew up super religious and someone else is gay, you know what I'm saying? Like, just, just there's the basic ideas that we can all agree on, you know, don't hurt other people and uh, try your best to protect children. The other outside shit is like, that's your business. And if you like uh, investing 60% of your taxes into social services and you, you idealize, America as being a more socialist place. Okay, good for you. Fuck yeah. If you're super right wing and you're like, you know what? I wish I paid less taxes and private corporations took care of most everything. Okay, awesome. Uh, are you nice to people? Are you concerned with uh, general well-being of the public? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Dude, you do you. Okay. And the same thing goes for, 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 you know, fitness and, and nutrition. I, I just am so upset that people think that they have to adhere to these stringent ideas that are purported by ideologues that are most likely trying to sell programs more so than they are trying to educate. If you are someone who genuinely enjoys eating higher fat foods and it keeps you more satiated and because of that you achieve a caloric deficit, keto your ass off. If you are someone who is disgusted by the idea of eating uh, animals or you just frankly love fruits and veggies and nuts and shit, and that by adhering to that and being vegan gets you to a caloric deficit and you lose weight and you feel better, do that. But let's not add more contention into our lives over something that genuinely not only doesn't need it, but actually it's an anathema to, to examine it from that perspective. It's an illusory idea. It's an abstract that you think that one way of eating is better than the other. The reality is, is that the amount of food you eat is grossly more important than it is what you're eating. Okay. Keto works for you. Fuck yeah. Reality is, is keto works for you because keto is a better way for you to be in a caloric deficit. Vegan works for you. Fuck yeah. The reality is, is that vegan works for you because it's better for you getting into a caloric deficit. Paleo, gluten-free, 
non-dairy, it doesn't matter. All that matters is that these are routes to the same endpoint. So to me, the idea of arguing over their benefit or their or their lack of effectiveness is not only superfluous, it's getting unhealthy and dangerous. Um, Lane Norton, a PhD, uh, a man who has forgotten more about nutrition than I could ever know, he put up a very interesting post Yes, I believe yesterday, um, yesterday, as I filmed this kind of expressing the same thing. Now, this is regarding specifically keto, but that doesn't mean that it can't be applied to other things. Now, uh, if I could post up the first clip he put Lane's definitely known for being angry and talking shit, but you know what? He knows his stuff. OK, and he's shredded and he's healthy. Um, the first post was essentially about um, carbs and, and high carb diets. OK. Uh, Lane Norton, PhD. He's at BioLane. I also had Lane on the Swole Patrol. He's he's a smart, smart guy, and he's a nice guy. And I encourage you to listen to him. Carbs don't make you fat. How is this possible? Since insulin inhibits fat burning, let me explain. Fat gain or loss is determined by fat balance. Fat balance equals fat stored minus fat burned. On a high-carb, low-fat diet, you burn less fat, but you also don't store as much fat. So let me break that down. So things like keto, uh, higher-fat, low-carb diets, they absolutely do force you or, or create an environment where you burn more fat. But you do store more fat. Um, that, that is, that's science, Okay. Um, that's not necessarily a bad thing because fat balance comes into take. So you're burning more fat, but you're also storing more fat. As long as the fat balance works out in the end, you lose fat. Let's go on to the next, to the next slide here. <clears throat> on a high fat, low carb diet, you burn much more fat, but you also store more fat. This is because, because, excuse me, carbs are not really stored as fat. Let me repeat. Carbs are not really stored as fat. In fact, less than 2% of the fat stored in adipose under normal dietary conditions is from carbohydrates. What is normal dietary conditions? That's cal caloric intake. So all these people who are telling you, well, if my insulin gets spiked, I'm screwed and I store more fat. No, if your insulin gets spiked and you and you're from eating lots of carbs and uh, you believe you're storing more fat because you're eating more food. Less than 2% of carbohydrate intake is stored as adipose tissue in normal dietary conditions. If you are eating a caloric, slight caloric deficit, it doesn't matter what percentage of your macros is carbohydrates or fat, as long as that normal dietary condition of calorie restriction is there. You will lose weight. Carbs in and of themselves are not making you fat. Fat in and of itself is not making you fat. Okay, calories are. Um, let me go into the final clip and then I'll summarize a little bit. Let's recap. On a high-fat, low-carb diet, you burn a lot of fat, but you also store a lot of fat. 
On a low-fat, high-carb diet, you burn way less fat, but you also store way less fat. What will determine the net storage of fat is energy balance. Stop obsessing over carbs. Energy balance is the key. Protein should be a little higher. Calories should be lower if you want to lose weight. They should be higher if you want to gain weight. That's that. Size of your body. And I repeat, size of your body is totally, totally dictated by calories. The composition of your body has a lot to do with what you're eating and, of course, training and things like that. But smaller people, getting smaller means eating less calories. Getting bigger means eating more calories. Now, what those pounds look like, again, is dictated a lot by your diet and, and your training. But don't get it twisted, Okay. If you are someone who genuinely likes eating uh, rice and potatoes and fruits and things like that, there is no, no need for you to avoid carbohydrates. They are not in and of themselves making you gain weight. If you are someone who loves ribeye steak and salmon and butter, there is no need for you to avoid those foods. They are not in and of themselves making you fat. Eating more food is making you fat. Now, here's kind of the main key to unlocking long-term success. Really have a conversation with yourself and ask yourself, am I someone who can see sustainable success with eating high amounts of fat and lower amounts of carbohydrates? Or am I someone who can see much more sustainable long-term success eating higher carbohydrates and lowering the fat a little bit? Or am I someone like yours truly who sees sustainable long-term success eating a mixture of both and just regulating my calories? I love fruit. I love potatoes. I love beef. I love salmon. I love these things. What do I do? I mix and match. I don't do extremely high carbs. I don't do extremely high fat. I find a nice balance. I got my calorie set point. I got my protein set point. And in there, I mix and match. And I have, maybe I'll have a higher fat serving of uh, protein at one point in the day. But later on, I know I have to taper off so that I can keep my calories down. And I'll have chicken breasts later. And, you know, I make things kind of, I don't really measure the macros as much as I just measure making sure I'm hitting my protein. And then uh, I just burped. And then within that, I kind of balance it so that the calories work out. So right after workout, I will have some coconut water and maybe a banana. Oh my gosh. Insulin's going up. It doesn't matter because by the end of the day, I'm still having 1900 calories. And maybe before I go to sleep, I'll have, uh, you know, some Ezekiel bread. Oh my God. You can't eat bread. Yeah. Yeah, I can. Yeah, look great. <laughs> Not you know something like that's all, but that's that's the truth. Um, that that's the reality. And and if 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 eating twice a day makes it easier for you to eat to eat in a caloric deficit, if you're trying to lose weight, eat twice a day. If eating seven times a day makes it easier for you to maintain that caloric set point that you've put out for yourself eat seven times a day. 
don't let people who are ideologues for uh, for certain types of diet, don't let people who are ideologues of meal frequency, you know, in, is, is intermittent fasting better than eating frequently throughout the day? No. It's better for you, maybe. Maybe it's worse for you. Maybe being starving till two o'clock in the afternoon is fucking torture. So don't do it. Maybe you have no ability to stop when you sit down and eat. Maybe you can go longer, but it's just so hard for you to sit down and have a 300 calorie meal and not just want to binge more. So then examine that. Maybe you only eat a couple times a day. I mix and match. Imagine that when I'm absolutely super duper busy and uh, thing I'm going traveling, going different places, and I don't necessarily have the ability to be as regimented with stuff, I'll, I'll intermittent fast. I'll eat once or twice a day, a couple high, super high protein meals. And uh, that's easier for me because I don't have to worry about taking Tupperware all over the place. If uh, it's a regular old day and I'm just wake up in the morning and I can go about things in my leisure, I'll eat five times a day. That seems to be about right for me, especially when I'm training, because I'll usually eat a little bit before workout, a little bit after workout. So that's two right there. Then having three other meals throughout the day, that seems to work out. That's, I don't, I, I'm not adhering to any kind of rigid, uh, uh, intricate idea of what my diet is. My diet is what makes me feel good and what makes me sustainably makes me get the results I want. That's it. So I love you in this crazy mixed up world that makes you think that nobody cares. You be good. Bye, people. Lucy, Lucy, you are the best. You give us nicotine without all of the negative junk. Yeah, yeah. Nicotine is an actually, it's an amazing drug. Um, it comes with a terrible stigma because of the way people usually get nicotine, you know, smoking, vaping, chewing, that kind of stuff. But nicotine in and of itself gives you amazing cognitive benefits. It gives you uh, appetite suppression. And metabolic, a little bit of a metabolic boost. Um, I love nicotine. I don't like the idea of harming my body, though. So that's why I use Lucy Slim Pouches and Amazing Lucy Gum. They have figured out a way to deliver 4, 8, or 12 milligrams of therapeutic nicotine in amazing flavors like Spearmint Mango and Cool Cider. Lucy really is the key to getting all the benefits of nicotine without having to compromise in any way. Mikey likes you listeners. Go to lucy.co, use the promo code Mikey, and get 20% off your order of Lucy Slim Pouches or really any other Lucy products. Lucy.co, use the promo code Mikey at checkout. I have to mention, this product contains non-tobacco nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Go to lucy.co, be sure to use the promo code Mikey. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.